Pocket Size Pep Talk, the podcast that can help energize your business and your life with a quick, inspiring message. Now, here's your host, Rob Jollis. For those of you who've never listened to my podcast before, welcome. I'm on my game. We're going to inspire you and we're going to motivate you. We're going to entertain you. I always like to think the most important thing is to inform you. So we're going to do that too. And we're going to bring topics from all over the world and all over the globe and all walks of life. And all I ask from you is one simple thing. Give the show a rating, post a comment. And if you're feeling extra motivated, tell a friend. You're going to like today's show because I've, I've got a rather unique guest. I'm, I'm bringing in Jeremy Webb, who's the founder of Organizational Engineering. You probably haven't heard of him yet, but you will be seeing more of him very soon. You live, if you live in the modern world, you've done business with one of his clients, and he has some interesting and highly effective ideas about building high-performance organizations. Jeremy, welcome to Pocket Size Pep Talks. Rob, thanks for having me today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, well, we're going to mix it up. And, uh, you know, when I got your bio, the first thing I noticed was, okay, organizational engineer. Hmm. Now, what exactly does that mean? So tell me what an organizational engineer, I mean, I know that's the name of your company, but, but you're, you're making a statement with that name. What is it that, that you do and, and what drew you to this particular field? Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting question. So, um, you know, we started the company Organizational Engineering, a friend of mine and I, uh, way back in 2013. And we kind of had the idea that uh, you should design an organization for the results that you want. And really from the ground up, and that model has evolved over the years. And now uh, have a complete model that goes end to end uh, from the, the company's vision and mission and leadership all the way through uh, to the final output. And it's really centered around the idea of uh, employee happiness and fulfillment being your primary leading indicator of success. Uh, I'm not sure if I got all of the pieces of your question there. Was there something else I missed? No, no, you got it. And you know, what's interesting is, um, so in, in fact, you're, you're basically engineering the organization a little bit. Um, and to me, that's fascinating because I'm a consultant and I'm working with organizations and I'm typically just kind of honing in on their sales area. Uh, but obviously we see a lot of dysfunction. We see a lot of areas around that. So it sounds to me like if I've got it right, you're kind of a soup to nuts uh, engineer when it comes to just kind of organizing the, the, the uh, you know, the company, the organization, but I'm curious. So it's 2013. Let's, let's jump in the way back machine. Why, what, what drew you to this particular field? Did, did you have a dysfunctional moment of your own? I mean, what makes somebody want to go and attack something like this? So I actually got my start. I was uh, out of college and I got a job at, I didn't even know at the time, but it was the fastest growing company in the U.S. And uh, I came in as an assistant project manager. And um, pretty soon I found out that there was a lot of stuff going on in the company. Uh, a lot of growing pains had, had come in and snuck in on us. And we ended up not shipping a product for almost two years. And this is an industry where you should be shipping a product every few months. And uh, we ended up having some conversations and the company started talking about new management and there was this uh, rumblings of this thing called Scrum and Agile. And I said, well, let me go read about this. And um, I said, wow, this just fixes all the problems that I've been having. And I went to my teams and I said, hey guys. Uh, and at this point I had been given the highest priority project in the company. And uh, so we had some, we had a lot of pressure and deadlines and our deadlines were moving uh, and we had to enter a new market and we didn't know when the regulations were gonna let us actually do that. So we had to continually develop this product until we actually got in. And so I went to the team and I said, hey, 
we need to do this thing. And they said, ah, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, I said, look, let's go have some beers. I'll talk about why this is great. And they finally said, yeah, let's do it. Um, and uh, we got the co-founder of Scrum to come in and do our training. And in the first sprint, that sprint is a, a period of time from one week to three weeks. And you just you do, do them over and over and over. Uh, in the first sprint, the team said, wow, we feel like we've gotten more done in this sprint than we had in the last six months. And in the following six months, our productivity on paper went up over 250%. But in reality, I would actually estimate it well over 500%. Wow. And at the same time, the morale and the enthusiasm uh, of the team went from kind of so-so to just out of this world. People were having fun coming to work. And that's where I started to get the idea that, uh, you know, that employee fulfillment and that happiness at work is actually one of the leading indicators uh, of potentially of an organization's success. Wow. I, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, when I work with authors or people ask me about some of my books, I always tell them, you know, a lot of times it's, it's not that we find a book, it finds us. And um, what you're describing sounds like this kind of found you uh, more than you hunting for it. And, uh, you know, that's interesting. What's also interesting to me is, uh, you know, you're, it seems like a collection of, of there probably there isn't one size that fits all. There's a collection of ideas here that you that you're picking from and putting together, and it's it's sort of the same again in, in my world. A lot of times people uh, they want to talk about closing techniques, but that's not really what I mean. That's what they tell me they want to talk about. But they really want to talk about is sort of earning the right to get to that close. And for you, it's the same thing. It's like, well, we want an organization that's that's um, that's happy, and where people feel fulfilled, and we're and we're working, um, you know, <coughs> in, in an effective manner. And again, well, gee, that's all well and good, but we got to build a path to get there. Uh, am I getting it right? Is that sort of what you do? Yeah, that's uh, that's right along those lines. And. You know, one of the things that we say uh, that I tell people is I help you boost performance in your organization and, and what performance means can really can really vary depending on the organization. Uh, for instance, I helped a nonprofit that said, hey, we want to increase our volunteer engagement. Uh, at a lot of the software organizations I work with, they say we want to increase our uh, time to, or decrease our time to market, increase our productivity and increase our customer satisfaction. So what we do is we start with, hey, what do you want? And we dig in, we figure out some metrics, uh, and then we, we tie that into your, your vision and your mission of your company. And then we start to build out your processes and systems around that. And those are pieces a lot of people miss is, is actually, it's, it's like building the foundation for a house. Um, if you don't have a strong foundation when you go to build that house, uh, you end up with all sorts of problems down the road and it's a lot harder to build to begin with. Uh, and the bigger the house is or the bigger the structure is, the stronger that foundation is that you need to have. So if you're building a skyscraper, you have to have a much stronger foundation uh, than if you're going to build a single family home. So part of what we do is, again, we come in and we always we almost always do this is we start off looking at what your foundation is for your organization. And it, it doesn't have to take long, but it's a necessary step. And then once we do that, we can help you build out your processes, your technology, um, your organization structure. And the order, again, uh, matters. If you try to do things in the wrong order, it's like if you try to put the roof on a house before you built walls, it's just not going to work uh, because there's nothing to support it. And the same thing happens in organizations. So if you do things in the right order, we can actually, we can really accelerate uh, the results that you get. And uh, that's something that's different than a lot of consulting organizations out there. Well, and, and you hit on something important here, because as you're speaking, I'm thinking, huh, sounds like a consultant to me. Uh, I mean, that's, and so 
help me separate the two. What would, what's the difference between an organizational engineer or engineering and um, just a, a consulting company that would come in and, and, and look at the organization? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's interesting that you bring up the term organizational engineer because I had never really called our people that. Normally, we, we call them consultants or trainers or coaches. Um, but I guess that, that is really the difference there is that we are engineering the system. We're, we're figuring out what is that end result that you want, making sure that you have a super clear picture of that, and then looking all the way through the system. So if you bring in a consultant, uh, say for, um, hey, we want a compensation package. Well, they'll build that compensation package potentially in isolation from other areas of the organization. And organizations are systems and each piece interacts with each other. So you really have to look at not just that one area that you're touching, but the system as a whole. And by doing that, again, you can maximize your results. And uh, when you start to focus only on one area, you get what they call sub-optimization. So that area may work really, really well for its intended purpose, but it might be the detriment of other areas of your organization. Hmm. Now you, are, you actually are sounding like an engineer right now. It's <laughs> very impressive. Um, you know, something else that I've heard you sort of drip into this conversation is, which I don't normally hear, and, and I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you as a consultant, I don't use the word as much, but you've mentioned the word employee or happiness or keeping the employees happy. Um, I, look, I want my employees happy, but I'm curious from your standpoint, uh, why the emphasis there? I mean, maybe that's obvious, but sort of walk me through why that's so important to you. And I think our guests need to hear this. Sure. Well, let's actually start with the opposite of that. What happens when an employee comes to work and they just hate their jobs? Uh, you know, their productivity is going to be low because they're not going to be engaged. They're just going to be doing the bare minimum to get through uh, and figure out, you know, how to get home and get that paycheck. Um, but when an employee loves their job and they come to work and they're inspired with that purpose and that vision and that passion, their engagement's going to be higher, their quality's going to be higher, uh, their motivation, uh, and your customers are going to feel that. It's going to bleed through. If you talk to somebody on the phone and say you're in customer support and you talk to somebody that hates your job, you're going to feel it. Um, but if you talk to somebody that loves their job, uh, then you're going to feel that too. And, you know, the best companies, I've actually been listening to a, a book on Elon Musk the last few days. Um, and, you know, all of his employees were inspired because they had that deeper purpose and they went to work and they were engaged. Um, now, he has some other things going on there that, that I won't dive into too much, but he started off with the right pieces. Um, but what we want to do is build that long-term sustainment for your employees, uh, the long-term fulfillment. And it's not, hey, let's have a beer every day after work, but it's, are you doing something with a deeper purpose? And are you getting really that sense of deep satisfaction from coming to work? And the reason that metric works is because if you think about it, if you have no vision for your company, um, then you're probably not going to be as happy. If you have bad processes, then you're probably not going to be as happy. If you have bad technology, you come in and your computer takes 20 minutes to start up. It's just, it's going to suck and you're not going to be happy. So any given element of your organization can actually bring your happiness level down. So in order to have those top level fulfilled employees, every piece of your organization has to be functioning at a high level and you have to bring them all up. Now, again, like I said, there's an order to do that in and we, you know, maybe that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but that's, that's essentially it in a nutshell. Sure. And, and I'm impressed again, as a process guy myself. Uh, so there's, there is a repeatable predictable process for that. I, I also want to unpack just something that you said there that's important. 
you know, what you just heard Jeremy say to me is critical. Um, and, and, you know, and we always look for what we call those whiffums. So what's in, what's in it for an organization to put so much emphasis on the happiness of its employees? And, you know, may, maybe they're not feeling quite as, as kind, but uh, quite frankly, you just said it. They're going to be more productive. You're going to be able to retain those employees. Uh, that, that organization is going to ultimately present a much better face to its clients. So this isn't just about uh, putting smile on faces. If we got to look at, from, look at it from a dollar and cents angle, uh, the, the fact is you're going to be more productive if those employees are happy. And what I like that you're doing from that engineering standpoint is, uh, I, I can't quote you on your term, your, your, your subatomic uh, uh, visions, but I, I, I do know that uh, you're, you're not working in a, a fishbowl in one area. You're really looking at the entire organization so everything clicks together. And that's impressive to me. Yeah, well, thank you. Good. Well, uh, let, then let me throw this at you because... Uh, again, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, I'm still getting the consulting feel out of this, although I see the engineering side of it. But so, so stay on the consulting side for a second. Um, how do you see this, the consulting industry as a whole evolving over the next uh, five years or so? Yeah, well, that's interesting, too, because, um, you know, the consulting industry for a long time has been uh, at least from what I've seen is very much who you know and how you get into an organization. So uh, I think you're going to see one um, is the way that people start to get business uh, is going to change a little bit. I think you're going to see some interesting new marketing techniques and things like that coming out. Um, but I think uh, as as we change and we have more AI and intelligence and all that stuff coming in, uh, I think we're, we're also going to have to see some changes in, in how we interact with people. And I think we're, as a society, I think we're going to have to get a lot more intentional uh, about what we want to uh, see in our organizations. And I think that's where the organizational engineering side comes in. Um, so I think organizations are going to have to start thinking about organizations more as systems in order to be effective, uh, especially with all these new technologies and things that are coming out and the speed at which everything is changing. Uh, it's interesting. And, and you're right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. A lot of companies make the mistake that, and feel they can sort of self-consult. And, and that's a term I'm inventing uh, today. <laughs> but meaning um, almost like a doctor, they can self-diagnose themselves. It is so difficult to do that. And that's why you typically want to bring somebody in from the outside with processes um, that can um, look at it from a detached standpoint. And, and I, personally, I believe that's why I'm not sure of the mechanisms, but that's why the consulting industry is so important. We need subject matter experts, but we need them detached. So they can take an unbiased look at what we're doing, uh, a fair look, if you will. So uh, it's, it's, I, I'm glad to hear that because as a consultant, I, I'd like to think I'm, I'm still uh, uh, working away in five years myself. Uh, so, so let's, uh, let's start heading for home. Uh, you know, for me, and you know, again, it's called pocket-sized pep talk. So uh, there's always some lessons to be learned uh, in what we do and, and in the journeys that we take. So give me one or two lessons that you've learned somewhere in the journey that you've taken that's had the biggest impact on you, and it can be on your career or your life. Yeah, I, I think the probably the biggest lesson that uh, I wish I'd learned earlier would be um, you got to set a really clear goal and go and get it. And you know, the, I always kind of knew that, but I didn't really understand it uh, until the last year or so. If you set a really clear goal, hey, I want to go get 100,000 likes on YouTube versus, 
you know, yeah, I'd like to go and I'd like to put some YouTube videos out and be popular, right? Saying, no, I want 100,000 views. You're just going to be that much more likely uh, to go and get that thing. Uh, and the other, the other bit that I've learned is to have a lot of compassion uh, in my work. And, you know, when I first started out, I, uh, when you're young and, you know, kind of a little bit naive and everything, you think, man, why don't these people just understand some of this stuff? And um, I hope that doesn't come off the wrong way. But, uh, you know, you, you see things a certain way and you don't understand why other people can't see that. And sometimes that can be really frustrating. Uh, but when you start to realize everybody has a different background, everybody comes from a different place, and we all generally want to do good things and come out in a good place. And when you have compassion for those people, you, you're much more likely to be able to help them come around and see a better way of doing things. Uh, and if you come across with, with any kind of uh, anger or frustration, you're going to completely lose your ability to connect with that person and to get the, the beneficial results from those conversations. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that. I, I had a conversation about 15 minutes before we spoke um, today, and I was with a company, and they were looking at an agenda I was setting, and and they had a, a board, a group that was looking at it, and they were they seemed somewhat timid because they were making some suggestions and corrections, and and I said to them, you know, I have a 35 year head start on this. This looks really simple to me. It's very easy. I need somebody that isn't me that that isn't as um, as well trenched in this to look at it with some, some clear eyes. And we really, uh, the meeting really picked up by them when they understood that, that uh, they weren't getting in my way, that it, that sometimes um, guys like you and me, Jeremy, when we're in our area, our wheelhouse of information, it's really valuable to talk to people who aren't and who don't, who don't speak our language necessarily because we can learn a ton from them. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, and you know, you mentioned the word um, compassion. In my, in my world, um, I use the word empathy a lot because sometimes, and I'm assuming this happens with you too, when we're trying to get an organization to change, and no one likes making those, those changes, uh, we, we, and, and sometimes it requires difficult conversations or more difficult questions, then we have to have that compassion, as you say, or, or empathy uh, and really feel what they're feeling. And if we come across as authentic and we can do that, then uh, we cannot just you know, move organizations. We can move mountains. I mean, it, it really gets a lot easier from there. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I, I, uh, and I, I, I really enjoyed learning about uh, what you're doing and kind of those subtle differences between the consulting world. Maybe I gave you an idea. I think on your business card, you should be simply an organizational engineer. That will look really good under the name or at least some of the employees. Yeah, that uh, might have to happen this week. <laughs> so tell me something. Um, where can our listeners connect with you online? Yeah, so there's uh, the, the two main places. Um, I'm, I'm fairly active on LinkedIn, uh, so you can find me there, or you can check out our website. Uh, it's org-eng.com for organizational engineering. That's org-eng.com. And those are probably the two best places to connect with us for the time being. Well, fantastic. I actually, I know where I can connect with Jeremy. I usually, it's usually Panera Bread. Uh, Jeremy <laughs> and I became friends about, uh, about a year or two ago uh, or so. I'm yeah, it'd be probably a couple of years now. A couple of years. And uh, so I am, uh, I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I loved uh, learning and I learned a lot from you today. And I wish you nothing but success. Folks, you heard a good one. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget, tell your friends, rate it, review it, have yourself a wonderful week and, and stay pumped up, everybody. I know we're going through some challenges right now, but we're all going to get through this thing in one piece. Just think positively, stay hopeful. Take care, everybody. Yeah.
Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Outcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more information on this show and Rob at Jollis.com.